Hey everybody, welcome to the 10th episode of the Group Chat Podcast. We were pretty surprised to make it to episode 3, so we got to 10, which is great. Uh, we hope you're all enjoying it. Uh, check us out on Apple and Google Podcasts, on uh, Spotify. Rate, review, subscribe, let us know. Give us some feedback uh, on Twitter. Let us know what you think. If you, know, if you like the topics, if there's anything you want to hear more of, let us know. Um, we've got uh, Braggy and Walshy joining me here in a minute. We're going to talk Gary Bettman and Ron McLean, the interview they did. We're going to talk about the series here as it uh, moves forward to Game 5. And we're going to get into the Braggy bets and Braggy locks from the last week and what he sees here going forward. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and welcome to the group chat. Okay, so... We've got a ton of requests here for an emergency game five pod. I don't think it's an emergency podcast, but I think it's a surprise podcast. So here we are talking, you know, about the Stanley Cup final still. And, you know, one of the biggest stories I think coming out of the weekend was the interview with Gary Bettman and Ron McLean on Hockey Night while she, you watched it. Uh, what, what did you think when, when you saw the interview? Well, there, there's a few things to talk about here. Um, and look, I, I thought the interview was an absolute embarrassment to, to the NHL, to be quite yeah. honest. And, and I thought, I thought Bettman is, is an absolute. Actually, I don't think Bettman's an absolute embarrassment. I know he's an embarrassment, but this, <laughs> this just proves it, man. Like, yeah. This just absolutely proves it, how disconnected he is from the game. Right. And for and for people who maybe didn't see it, Bettman's I guess the, the three points that came out of this interview were the refereeing where he thinks that they they're doing a fantastic job and there's no difference between playoff and regular season refereeing. Um, you know, his belief that Department of Player Safety is doing a great job and and then the chicago question we'll get into here in a minute but let's start with those two braggy what did you think well look this this thing is it's it's out to lunch it's out to lunch like how could he he clearly does not watch the game and he has no idea um the impact on the product and the fan experience going from you know the officiating regular season where okay like look they're, they're calling penalties yeah. Versus in the playoffs. They're just not. Where it's 94 Devils hockey. Like, it's <laughs> it's crazy to me. And the product is suffering. And, you know, this is how you end up with, you know, a Final Four group that has zero stars um, in it outside of, okay, the Tampa Bay group, which is, which is different, right? Like, which is a very nice and complete team. But fine. Yeah. They're able to play both ways. But you've got the Habs, the Isles, and Vegas, who, okay, Vegas we thought were good, and clearly they are not. Yeah. Um, but, but they're playing uh, clutch and grab hockey. And it's, it's embarrassing to me that he could go on TV in, in an interview on, um, during the finals and say that, you know, the officiating, he's proud of it and, and sees no difference. It's crazy to me. And it's fine for him to protect the brand, and that's his job as the commissioner. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with him coming out and saying, hey, look, we see that this is an issue, and we're going to try and address it. Like, that's all he has to say is, "Is look, we understand, you know, that, that there's an issue here, and we're going to look at 
however we can to, to change it and make sure that our officiating standards are raised. And I that people are happy because you get some acknowledgement that, hey, look, problem here and we're going to try and do something about it because we've talked about this now the entire playoffs, you and I, Walshie, where um, McDavid doesn't draw a single penalty. Montreal is allowed to abuse Matthews and, and Marner after the their series, you know, then you get into the player safety stuff with what's the suspension and what isn't. And then them coming down heavy on Shifley, but not on other things. And it's just been, to me, it's been the story of the playoffs and he missed the, and he misses the boat on it completely. It absolutely is. And he's completely missing it. Now, Braggy, what did, what did you think about the interview? First of all, I didn't see the interview. Uh, when Batman comes on the TV, I change the channel. I like, look for a young and restless or something. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and, and I, feel, I feel like I'd be better off if I had done that. You know what, though? I think there's a lot of fans who feel the same way, and that's a real problem. Like, You can't have the, the face of, the, of your league, meaning of, of not players, but of, of the actual league, Come on, and people think this guy's such an idiot. I don't want to hear what he has to say. Like that's a, such a major problem for this league. It's it's such oh, a problem. Agree. But and look, it's getting to the point now where I'm going to be like Braggy and just treat him like Pierre Maguire and turn him on <laughs> every time they hand to him, so I don't have to listen to his goddamn nonsense. Yeah, it's well, it's and, bizarre. And, and McLean was no better. I mean. And they used to do these. Him and Bettman have had some interviews in the past. Well, she and I don't know if you guys remember seeing some of these in the past where McLean's really gone after Bettman on some issues, and there's been some pretty tense interviews in the past. But this was an all time softball one, and McLean not asking a question about the Chicago Blackhawks situation is absolutely journalistic malpractice at this point. It, it's it's absolutely journalistic malpractice. It's it's actually it's to the point now, chaps, where I feel that Ron McLean is like a year away from retirement or something, and he just has to get there. Yeah. Do you, do you know, like, yeah, yeah, where he's done it, at the end of the year, and he's just like, yeah, just get me to the end of the playoffs. Just get me to the end of the year. I don't <laughs> want to deal with this um, any longer. I've got. I'm not even going to do my job essentially. Um, and I'm just going to ask the questions that are on the prompter. Like it's, 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 it's to that point for me now where, you know, the last, let's call it three to five years, he's really, he's really moved away from kind of that, that guy that had a lot of integrity yeah. to, to now like this guy that's just doing the bare minimum just to get through the, the, the broadcast. And like, Anybody who wants to say, well, McLean's just a host for hockey. He's not a journalist. That's wrong. Ron McLean is the face of Hockey Night in Canada, which is the most important hockey broadcast in, in the country that cares the most about the sport. So, I mean, you can you can dislike Ron McLean, and, and I agree with you where he's mailing this in. But the reality is he's the most recognizable hockey broadcaster in the country. And for him to sit there and completely ignore this story, which is, again, for those who, those who listen who maybe don't know what it is, a, two players for the Blackhawks in 2010 are accusing their video coach of sexual assault. 
Yeah. And and that the Blackhawks management knew about it, were informed about it. And I don't think any of that is being called into question that they informed management that management knew about the allegations. And McLean doesn't even ask doesn't even ask what the NHL's doing about it. And if Bettman wants to sidestep the question, fine. But McLean's got a responsibility to ask A, what are what's the story here? And B, what's the league doing about it? Yeah, absolutely. They're just sweeping this thing under the rug, man. It's it's really, really sad. And, you know, this is a, a obviously a big topic in hockey it's, it's, as it's happened over the years and years and years. But to see it kind of come out in the NHL is is really shocking. And it's a massive story. And it they need to address it. They have to yeah. address it. It's, and you can't just you can't just say there's an ongoing investigation. Everyone gets that. You have to come out and say, regardless of what comes of this investigation, here is our plan to ensure that this sort of thing never happens again. That there is a place for players to come and report this outside of their own organizations. Because people who think that this is an easy thing to do within a ho- within an organization, it's not. It, unless you've been in, in these environments where... You know, your the structure is set up that issues go up. They go up to coaches. Coaches take them to management, and then it's expected it gets dealt with. There needs to be something from the league where you can go outside the organization to make sure that that your complaints are heard. And the NHL is providing nothing for this. I know, and and you know, the easy comparative is the NFL and how they yeah. deal with situations like this. And I feel like Goodell does a decent job of that. Like, there's been times where he hasn't. But but certainly he's not afraid to get in front of things, yeah, um, and get in front of issues and situations. And I feel like Bettman is just he he's acting and, and he he was acting in this interview and he avoided things in this interview, just like the weasel that he looks like. You know what I mean? <laughs> if 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 you could you know put an animal to that face and character, he just yeah. looks like a conniving little weasel, and that's how that's how I just viewed it and i i think you know braggy's right next time it's just okay i've got to avoid this because it just makes me angry does anybody think like how much longer is bettman commissioner i I thought he just resigned yeah he's gonna be there for a bit i think yeah like do we think he's got another 10 years in him and then is bill daly the next guy because that's no better like they need to get somebody there who's who's younger who's more in touch with what's going on because Bettman's Bettman is there as a lawyer to protect the league and he's he's just he's an awful commissioner he's an awful face of your product and spokesman for your product yeah you know, right? I, I don't know man I, I think they need to make a change personally but I, I don't know when and if that'll happen yeah um, I hope that happens but Look at at this point. I think he resigned. I don't know for a fact, but Craig, I think you're right. I think he resigned. I had uh, I had an interesting conversation. I was in Pittsburgh in 2017 for the Cup Finals, and Humble I had, Greg. I had like a 5 a.m. flight, and uh, after the game, Pittsburgh won Game Five. I went back, and I was going to go out, and I I didn't, so I just went to the bar at the hotel, and. The next table was Bill Daly having a beer, and he called me over, and I sat with him for like two hours just having beers with Bill Daly. No way. Yeah, and I uh, I tried to get everything out of him about Bettman, but he kept like dodging my questions. Well, <laughs> you mean he didn't want to he didn't want to 
bash his boss to some random that, that's, ex dude. that's exactly what it was like. But anyway, we had a, we had a few good <laughs> chats about Newfoundland. This and that was pretty interesting. Cool. Uh, and, I mean, Montreal missed an opportunity to boo the hell out of Batman and Game 4 because Tampa, you know, Tampa missed, missed their chance to finish that series out. And, you know, we've got a Game 5 here. You know, we're, we'll touch quickly on game three. You know, there's not much there. I think it was a big blowout. Um, anything from game three that, that we want to hit back on? I think it was it, just Tampa dominating from start to finish. It, it went exactly how I thought. And, and you know, when Braggy and I talked uh, kind of pre-pod pre and about kind of, you know, some of the, the thoughts that we had going into that game, you know, they weren't going to have back-to-back -back games where they where they just had no effort, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and they came out and they just torched the Habs in that game. Oh, it was it wasn't close. Like they came, Montreal looked Montreal looked like a team that didn't belong in Game Three. Like they were just, you know, they they were outclassed right from the from the puck drop, and then that continued in Game Four. The first period, it looked like Tampa was going to run them right out of the building, but but Montreal finally looked like the team that got to the finals. Well, I shouldn't say that. Carey Price looked like the player that got to the finals in game in game four. How how did how did the first period go there? I, I know there was a lot of shots. I was I was busy just you know scoring goals in my men's league game, so I missed the first. <laughs> um, and but but I heard that the shots were outrageous. Like so were, I, I at think, one point twelve to one or something like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, um, and Montreal scored on its second shot of the game, and it was like 15, 16 minutes into the period where they got their second shot. It was just. It looked like Tampa was trying to win the game in the first period, and they just it was it was it was no different than that second period in Game Two when Montreal dominated the whole period, and then Tampa gets this back-breaking goal, and you go ah, well, it was the exact same way the other way where Tampa dominated the whole period, Montreal gets one, and you and you come out of with a lead, and you go oh well, thank God considering what just happened. Yeah, they just got by by the skin of their teeth, like. Tampa was tossing the puck around in that last power play. Like, look like the Globetrotters. End of the first, exactly. The Globetrotters just like, put your seatbelt on, boys. Hang on. Like, Tampa just owned them. Yeah, and but couldn't couldn't beat Price. Price. That's right. They couldn't bury no. Not that Price has, I don't think, played poorly, but he hasn't stolen anything, and him and his goalposts stole Game Four. I think. Yeah, because Tampa yeah. hit what four posts? I, I I thought it was four or five, man. I I mean, in the third, I saw at least two or three. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Kucherov hitting that one kind of with what with like a minute left, a minute and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he doesn't miss that very often, and you could see kind of the disappointment in his face when he didn't put that home because that was an open net. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and like they certainly, I like. Tampa had their chances, like I said, with four posts. If two of them go in, that they win the game, and it's and we're talking about a sweep. And you know, is Tampa is Tampa a dynasty? You know, which maybe we can touch on here in a minute. But Montreal gets the win, and they kind of give themselves some new life here for Game Five. Do we think it's new life, or is it just 
an extra trip to Tampa to to watch them celebrate. Just before just before we get there, can we talk about that four minute power play for a second? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's that's an egregious miss on my end. Oh, but can we talk about that four minute power play? And I don't know if you guys noticed, but did they not? Did they have the same players on the entire four minutes? Essentially, I, I feel believe like, they did. I feel like only two guys changed throughout that whole thing. Yeah, I think they had for the most part they had that top unit on virtually the entire the entire time. I'm 100% positive that Kucherov and Point did not come off the ice. Yeah, I think well, they did it, up Sergeyev got under for a little bit, but but it yeah. split it split the overtime. It was like what a minute just over a minute 30 in regulation and then um two and a two and a half give or take in the overtime. So if you wanted to keep your big boys out for that whole time, that that'd be no problem for NHL players to be able to play that long on a power play. I I think you can do it, but but you can't give the effort that. No, yeah, you're right. Right, like they're. I mean, and especially the way Montreal swarms on the PK. Yeah, and and you saw it a little bit with Kucherov, especially. I I thought where where he just kind of gave the puck away where he normally wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, he had some um, lazy, lazy moments, sir. He he did. La- he had lazy moments. That's exactly right, Braggy. And and I felt like Hedman had like the same gaffes, um, and the passes just weren't crisp for one timers and things like that. And I I thought that was a kind of, I know they were trying to end it right there, but that was kind of a big miss for me that they should have had at least a spell where that top unit didn't uh, didn't stay out there. Yeah, you could you could have probably taken them off for forty seconds. 45 seconds and, and then switch it back over again. Right. Um, and like, I'm, I'm kind of surprised Tampa with this, with the Stanley cup on the line, didn't manage to get a goal in that situation, but like, you know, they, they don't. And how often do you see a big penalty kill like that? And then boom, there's a goal right away. The other direction. Yeah, man, the, I mean, going from the PK and especially killing off a four minute or like that, yeah. um, with your best D in the box, oh. you, you could just feel kind of the energy lift a little bit um, with that crowd. Yeah. Of, let, let's call it 3,500, but it's really 14,000. How many people are in the building, do we think? So that place fits 20,000. How many were in it? It had to be 14, 15,000. And the, the, it's clear the Quebec government said no, but has clearly told the Habs, we're going to just look the other way. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, just don't make, just don't sell it out, but we'll look the, the other way. The answer is no wink, jam. wink, and yeah, I'm right. nodding my head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because that place, 3,500, no chance. Yeah, no exactly. Chance. Full. What's that, Braggy? Every suite was full. Yeah. Every suite, the lower bowl felt full. Like it was, it was, it was, there was a lot of people in there. But I know. Anyway, put... getting, getting back to kind of like the the goal itself, the uh, the crowd kind of you could feel the energy lift back up in that crowd, and and then then you know again another little giveaway at the blue line. It's one of these typical Montreal goals where, yeah. you know, they, they cause a turnover and use their speed to get down the ice. And, uh, and I mean, Anderson made a great effort. I mean, getting back to the net there after he fell. So yeah. a very, very kind of 
typical OT goal, I will say, right? And and especially how these playoffs have gone, where games yeah. have ended quite early in overtime. Yeah, that's um, right. It's funny. Overtimes usually I always find end real quick in the overtime period or at the end of an overtime period. But if they get through the first five, six minutes, you're probably looking at a much longer overtime. But how many of these Habs overtimes have ended in the first first portion of it? Both both of them in the Leafs in the Leaf series and now this one and it felt like it felt like every time they go to overtime it ends in the first five minutes it it ends quickly typically um yeah. especially and for the Habs winning. yeah and they, they they they've done a nice job in these playoffs in OT for sure yeah but um but yeah just a great effort by Anderson I, I thought man he 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 has a lot of speed eh yeah he he can really fly and like he hasn't had the most productive playoffs but then no one in Montreal has – if you look at their stats, no one's really scored that many goals. I think four or five goals is about as much as anybody really has on their run. Um, and you'd like – I think you'd like more from Anderson at times. But, man, he, he, can, he can really fly down the wing and then he's a big body. He's a, he's a load to deal with when he's playing. Yeah, he is. And, and he, he's been a, he was a load in that Toronto series where he's just out hitting everyone and – you know, yeah. he hasn't been as effective like the rest of the way. There's no question, but I feel like he was such a good addition to that team. But getting to kind of like how Montreal scores goals and, and whatnot, you know, they we've talked about it a lot where they just play four lines. Um, not a lot of like there's no real number one, I would say. There's a maybe three number twos and a number four. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and they all kind of get about the same amount of ice time. Yeah. It's one thing that gives me pause, actually, about Caulfield, you know, getting 50 and things like that. Because well, just yeah, the gonna way they minutes? play is yeah. kind of like how Babcock um, used kind of the roster that, that he had with the Leafs, right? Where no one's getting more than 15, 16 minutes a game. Now, yes. Now, I think guys like Caulfield and Matthew, like Matthews had 40 those years. And I think Caulfield's going to get his cookies there, but you're right to get 50. You got to play, you got to play more. So that'll be interesting. Now him and Suzuki seem like they, they're going to be a real interesting duo going forward. Uh, what did you guys think quickly about the roster changes in Montreal? Would you have taken got a cock and Yemi out? I think it's a big mistake to take out a young franchise cornerstone in a moment like that. For me, for me, that's how what happened to Galchenyuk, man. Yeah, like you're treating him the same way as you you treated Galchenyuk, and now it's going to be easy for the fan base to turn on this 20 year old who, for the most part, has played really well in these playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how he was taken out, and you know, we were having a conversation um, at, at my skate the other night, and everyone in the room was just like. Man, I feel like this is super short-sighted. Yeah, I um, think so too. I really do. I think look, I Montreal's not winning this series. They're not beating Tampa four straight. I mean, so you uh, to me you leave in the guys that are cornerstones of your franchise so they understand how hard it's going to be to play and win a cup, right? Uh, look, I think so. I think so. This this stinks of like Galchenyuk, it stinks of what the Rangers were doing with um, Lafreniere and, and Capo this year. Yeah, it's it's just 
not the right play in my opinion. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, time will tell how this turns out, but I can't imagine that this builds any trust between Kak and Yemi and, and the Habs. No, and they uh, put – go ahead, Braggy. Go ahead. I agree. Like, you know, overall, I thought he's been playing pretty good, and he's young, and he's a future. And, I mean, Jesus, he scored a couple big goals. I just don't kind of get it. I'm glad they took Augustinson. I thought Romanov or Romanov, whatever, should have been in the whole playoff, really, over that guy. Well, and he's another guy. He, that was his third playoff game. Why is he not playing in some of these games on your third pair? He he can play. They don't. No, sco- they don't none of the Habs of fans goals. even understand this. They they when you when <laughs> you talk to Habs fans, they have no idea why Romanov is not in in the lineup. Yeah, it's um, it's mind boggling. Sometimes the coaches they just overthink this stuff to no end. Like is Gustafson. That good on the power play that they can play him four minutes a night, but give him top power play minutes? I'll never understand. The answer is no. Exactly. The, the answer is absolutely no. He's not better even on that than than Romanov is, like in my opinion. Like, yeah, that's right. And you saw and like, the, the the immediate impact that Romanov brings it, with yeah. with his offense. Like, it's it's really shocking to me that he's not been in, and you know, especially the way they play their D. That's right. right. Where that's you've right. got those four that are playing you know, 25 to 30 minutes a night and you're playing only playing your, you know, five and six, you know, you're telling eight me you minutes max, eight, seven, eight minutes max. And yeah. if some of that is power play time. I mean, yeah. you, you can, especially at home, you can, that's right. You can, you can hide those, that pairing and, um, and get the matchup you want uh, just to give your big four a rest from time to time. I have yeah. no idea why he has not been in the lineup. I think, no I think does. yeah, and I think you're right. He should be playing all their home games at least, where you go, look, we've got, we can give him offensive zone starts against the other team's fourth line, or you know whatever you want to do. You're all good there. You can make, and it just they seem really short sighted here. I get they're trying to win a cup, but when you, you also I think have to have a, a long term look at who you have and, and what roles they're going to play going forward. Eric Stahl is not going to be a part of that franchise moving forward, I don't think. Why is a guy who's contributed almost nothing staying in and, and Kak and Yemi coming out makes no sense to me, but they get the win and now they're into game five uh, down in Tampa. Yeah, I mean, and look, that's the hard thing to kind of gauge in this situation, right? And It's hard to really bash the coach and GM from Montreal yeah. here because they're winning. Well, right? they won. Yeah. They're, they, wait, they've, they've made yes, all these yes, adjustments yes. throughout the playoffs and they're winning. So it's really hard to say like, you know, you're, you know, you're not making the right decisions, but I think yeah. for the long term, it, it was a big mistake to take uh cock and Yemi out. Um, I think that's a big, big, big time mistake. Well, and to me, the other thing that makes, and then we'll move on. The other thing that makes such little sense is, this is a do or die game. This is the game where you go, we got to have our best available players playing. And so you make lineup changes and put guys in who haven't played a ton. Like if those are the guys you think give you the best chance to win, why haven't they been in more? But like you said, they're winning. So, you know, there's, there's not a lot of criticism, I guess that can go that way. So, but we'll see. I don't think they can, I don't think they're winning game five. I think, I think the Tampa goes home and, and they're, they're going to close it out here tonight. I, I don't see Montreal having, having 
another game where they survive Tampa like they did in game four. I'm I'm predicting tonight a four or five to one win for Tampa. I don't yeah. think it ends up being close. Um, I think tonight is the night where it all comes crashing down for the Habs and um, and we see the cup raised uh, once again in Tampa. Yeah, it it feels that way, doesn't it, Braggy? Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think Montreal escaped uh, game four with a win big time. Like Tampa had multiple opportunities to take the game out of reach. So I don't think Montreal is going to be able to contain them again tonight. Yeah, and and as much as the Tampa mayor coming out and saying they, they, she wants them to lose game four to raise the cup at home. Like, I don't, I don't think that that was ever a thought, but now that they're at home, you've, you know, you kind of let one slip away from you. I don't think you, you miss another opportunity to, to close these guys out. I think yes, yeah, she don't know a hockey puck from a urinal puck. I don't mind. <laughs> I uh, I think I think they close it out in a big way, and like when when good teams smell blood in the water, even though they didn't win Game Four, you could tell they could smell it, and they they were going after it. I think I think they they get the job done here. Um, now we've got we've got kind of an issue from last pod here that's dragged out, and I want to know which one of you sent me the message. From Nan's Blueberry Muffin Company wanting to sponsor the Braggy Bets segment. <laughs> but whoever sent this, so I, I, I'm so sick of this story. Every single person I know that started texting me and saying that they 100% think I ate the muffins, which makes me hate my friends and family even more. <laughs> Because there's like the idea that this many people believe I ate four muffins. And now we've got, I don't know who the Joker is that sent this. Cause I don't think Nan's blueberry muffins is a company, but they're not sponsoring anything. We're not doing it. So whoever Look, we need, this- we need the sponsors, man. And I think, you know, you're getting kind of that reach out from, from Nan's blueberry muffins is, is a big moment for the pod. And, you know, I think, I think we should, we should sponsor the segment. One of you two are liars. About speaking this. of uh, speaking of the muffins, uh, how's the over under going this week? It's uh, it's only Wednesday. How many you got gone? Zero. I'm, no one's eating this many muffins. <laughs> it was great odds. Walsy texted me. He wanted in on this bet with the muffin odds. Yeah. Just, look over over under. You know, three point five for chaps was that's an easy hammer on the over. I just like I want some. I want you to provide some proof that I ever ate four muffins outside of your lies. We, we, now, have, we have multiple people that have witnessed you eat at least three. And that's not true. Multiple as in one. Jill witnessed three, she said. Jill didn't. Jill, stop it. We're not. Jill's, li- Jill's just as just Jill's as big a liar as her husband is right now. Nobody saw me eat three muffins because it didn't happen. And whoever sent the message about sponsoring this with muffins, that person is is a loser. <laughs> Get sponsored by the hand shin tigers right now. They're losers too. <laughs> Bre- Breggy, what were you betting on this morning? I got a live bet going here right now. Uh, 
but the fucking Hanshin Tigers are losing to the Yakult Swallows six to four. <laughs> like they were my gimme bet today in Japanese baseball. <laughs> How much do you have riding on this? One hundred and eighteen dollars. <laughs> and uh, where are you where are you catching the highlights exactly? Is that on ESPN eight? <laughs> the Ocho? <laughs> no. Oh, they're updating here on the bet three six five. Right to give me the lowdown. So we've we've had the braggy bets now for what are we eight nine days here, give or take. Yeah, since yeah. the start of the since, since the start, the start of, the, of the, final. the finals. And where are we at here, braggy, with making money? Uh, I'm up a little bit, like maybe like a grand twelve hundred. But with the with the playoff games, I just been betting more, right? Like I've the three bets with the first period tie, the headman, and the and the game bet. So you almost need to get like two to bit of get a bit of a profit, right? But the headman one, I I parlayed it with the Spain game, so that was a nice little pay when he got a point there for six hundred. So wait, you're you're not super happy that you're up a thousand dollars in eight oh days. no i am but yeah like normally i wouldn't a lot of the like the first period bet has been great for me and well, i was only one and three in in the final but the yeah. headman one is a total gamble right but yeah. oh geez, i'm oh i'm happy yes for sure okay so i think we've had a lot of you've gotten a lot of the the tampa winning right which clearly has happened but then you snuck in the montreal and overtime pick and out of nowhere, the Habs come through with the overtime win for you. Yeah, that was a huge one. Because you got a little – you said you were getting a little risky for game four. And yeah. It paid off. Are you – Are you? what's the thought process going into the next couple games? Are you going to yeah, stay risky? I want risky to understand or? what the lock is tonight. I, I, yeah. I, uh, I haven't – the regulation win, I was hoping to get more. I think it was like $1.60 right now. So they're a major pick in Tampa. Yeah. But I might go out on a limb – I might go out on a limb and uh, follow Walsh's footsteps here. With the, I think Tampa wins by like two or more tonight, so that might pay like two fifty. So I'm gonna search that one up this afternoon. Just go, just go for the bigger, the bigger blowout. Yeah, I do. I think the win. I'm like Walsh. I think they win by two or three goals tonight. So, so this it's it's less about what you think. It's more about what you think and the odds. Honestly. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you got to like. I think Tampa's going to win, but like tonight for Tampa to win is like a dollar twenty-five, like a straight-up win, right? Yeah. So it's just not worth the time, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna have. What do you got? We. What do you got for pit for braggy bets, and what have you got for your braggy lock? My braggy bets. I'm definitely going to go with the first period tie. That's yeah. that's the Jimmy. Yeah, and. Um, my lock is looking – I might take him in regulation if it gets up, like, 175. Yeah. That'll be my lock, I think, because that's my lock. It's going to go – I'm going to lock that in, Tampa in regulation. Now, are you going to are you going to go the plus goals or no, just in regulation? Are you going to uh, double down on it? Jeez, boys, you're confused me here, and I'm getting mine going everywhere. <laughs> my mind's, at, my mind's in, in Japan right now. <laughs> He's focused on the Nippon Professional Baseball League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to follow Twitter for my locks. But I think I'm going to lock in Montreal regulation win. Uh, sorry, Tampa regulation win. The first period tie is going to be a bet. And I might put 100, 150 on um, Tampa by two or more. Oh, I know what I was going to mention to you. Can Smite, that's a big bet here. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Let's talk about this. So, we basically got, it's basically down to uh, Vasilevsky or Cooch. What's your thoughts here? This is a no-brainer for me. It's Cooch. Cooch is a lock on this. And and that's where I was too. Yeah. That's what odds are too. So like it's a dollar eighty three for Vasilevsky and two ten for Cooch, which oh, I think is good money. Cooch is a lock on the cons, Mike. Man. Oh, that's a braggy lock on the cons. <laughs> oh that's my god, that's about braggy lock that for five hundred. I think it's like, man, the guy is just there's no one handy to him in points. No, no I, one's, I don't no one's had points like this in the playoffs, man, since like Gretzky and Lemieux. I'm stunned that Cooch is not the runaway favorite. He 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 is gotta be that that's gotta be a lock. Yeah. So but did you hear um uh Friedman though the other night? He's on the panel for picking it. Yeah. Yeah. Is this Barber? Is he oh my god, isn't he a disgrace? <laughs> my god, he looked like the he looked like the Joker the other night with the purple suit on. Oh, <laughs> even 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 Jill is looking at me, she's like what is he thinking? He he's an absolute abomination. Jill yeah, I, I didn't even say. know she knew that. Jill word. has no credibility. She married you. <laughs> <laughs> she also thinks I ate three muffins. No, she she <laughs> she doesn't think. She knows she physically yeah. saw you eat three. Yeah. Yeah. She thinks you ate four. I know you ate four. <laughs> yeah, Friedman's hair. Friedman's hair is is it, what's a bigger story here? Friedman's hair or Montreal getting to the finals? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I still can't believe Montreal hair, made it to the finals. Friedman's no, hair neither. gets brought up every day on Twitter. We, yeah, it's, 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 it's bad, man. It's, it's, it's worse than his beard. And I know like that he had during like the pandemic, like, and I know like he's trying to cover up that kind of massive monkey ass he has going on. Yeah, he's on got, he's got a monkey bum. How about a sideburns though? Like, like put a clipper to him, buddy. Like I got back hair, I shave it. Like get rid of those <laughs> sideburns. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's like it's just it's a tough look when you're on you know national TV to show up like that. And like it's too long for him to comb. Apparently, like, so it's... so braggy. Are you getting back to kind of the bet? Because we've got sidetracked there side again. <laughs> but but are you are you gonna? Put big money on on Cooch here. I think I I think I got to. Yeah, I, I, dude, I think that's just a no brainer. I mean, we haven't seen a performance like this in the playoffs in in forever. Um, yeah, this is the best kind of offensive output that 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 I've seen, and you know, like like I said, since since uh, Lemieux and Gretzky and. Um, I mean, it's not like they've had an easy path through the playoffs. Like they've no. they've busted up some teams. Like you know, you got they, guys they be... like Elliot Friedman on the panel. Like he might vote for Jake Evans. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but he look, he's just one idiot, right? That's like, right. <laughs> is Pierre out of? <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. I can't see. I can't see how anybody. I mean, Vasilevsky's numbers have been fine. But, I mean, he got lit up in the Florida series. You know, he he let, had some bad games in Carolina where Tampa had to outscore what was going on there. And you're right, Walshie. They played Florida, Carolina, the Islanders, and now the Habs. All really good 
defensive teams and Kucherov's putting up outrageous numbers. He's he's got to be a, a a big bet lock. I think I'm going to bet on that. Yeah, I, I think I'm putting money on that too. I think at at that price, I think that's that's a no brainer for me. Yeah. Right, um, like he's got nine. He's at like he's got thirty two points. Point is second, like twenty three. Right, like nine behind him. Then Stamkos got eighteen. Like he almost got the third guy in the playoffs doubled in points. Yeah, yeah it's it's to me that's insane that he's not the favorite. So, so we've got for bets tonight. Now we've got we think we're going het. We're going we're going Kucherov for the Smythe. Yeah, that's going in there for sure. We're going Tampa regulation win as the braggy lock. Yeah. We're going first period tie, and you might, and you're going to sprinkle a little on Tampa plus goals, plus two, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay, so that's what we got locked in. We'll wrap this up here, but Walsh, I had to tell you this: Tuna bought a speedo. Oh boy! And it's it's small, it's real small, <laughs> and he's walking around in a speedo. So it was the leotard for the bike trip. And now it's just an everyday speedo and things are happening in that house that we're going to discuss it on, on another pod, but things are happening there that are, that are getting away from Alexis big. Time. Is that a, the hot tub attire at the moment? No, it's or? the everyday walk around attire. Oh my He's gosh. just wearing it as he strolls around the yard and it's a, it's, it's a not... better body than you and Walshie. Just asking. No, 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 it's bad. It's real bad. It's... Super hairy too. So, yeah, he's got oh. hair like you, kind of everywhere, kind of like a marpet. Stepped on his head. Yeah. And now yeah. he's walking around in a double XL Speedo that barely fits. He he also has like this really weird kind of back ass. Yeah, where it goes up his, to his shoulders. His ass kind of connects with his shoulders. Yeah, it's, it's a tough look. It's that's, a tough, it's a tough, a tough body. Goal. And at his age, right, like he's at the age where people buy Speedos, but usually they're European dudes you know, who are, you know, who have given up. And I feel like that might be where he's at. So we might have like to. Fat Borat look going. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he, it is. He's with, with more back ass. <laughs> Maybe he's just adopting into kind of, you know, this Italian fever that we have going on in, in Bolton right now. No, I don't want to talk about it. It's so obnoxious. People driving around honking horns and waving flags. If they win this, this town will be unlivable for the next two months. I I can't cheer for that team, man. I cannot cheer for that team. It's embarrassing yeah, to it's watch not, that team play soccer. Like I I hope England or Denmark wins this thing. There'd be something if England won. They haven't won anything in forever. Be interesting if they did. I, I anyway, think, boys, look, I think this is a lock for today. I think England's gonna dummy um Denmark today. Yeah, so do I actually. I think I think it's gonna be two, maybe three nothing. Which, what a score, and you know, what an awesome sport. Two nothing's a blowout. I can't, I know, I know. I can't watch. It? It's just oh, yeah. how that's the most popular. Braggy sport bit 200 on England today. Another one. <laughs> hey, here we go. Here we go. Braggy's, we keep this podcast going. Braggy's gonna have about he's gonna, he's gonna have a, out he's gonna have a thousand riding on everything today. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese baseball. He's, he's gonna be betting on the third division in, in Dutch hockey by the end of this. Yeah, lost the Japanese game. Oh, oh no! But, There's but a live least... bet going on at beach volleyball right now too. <laughs> what what are what are the odds today on Chaps eating 
four muffins. All right, That's we're done I'm here. Doing. Enjoy the game. I'm not doing that. We're out of Over here. under two croissants. All right, goodbye. <laughs> See you, boys. <laughs> See you, boys.